You're listening to episode 53 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin from the Diary of an Empath.com. And in today's episode, I'm being joined by Cassandra from Safe and Held, who does some of the most beautiful affirmation art, the most beautiful affirmation art that I've ever, ever, ever seen. I talk specifically about the piece that has impacted me in this episode. But Cassandra, she's from Auckland, New Zealand, and I've had the privilege of working with her over the last few years, more formally in the last year or so within the Empaths and Business program. But I, we dive into just so much in this conversation from Cassandra's journey going from nursing to energy healing to offering physical products to the inner child activations that happened through the pandemic from working with her own child and his encouragement of her creativity and also the importance of your offer not just aligning with your work as a healer and your needs as a healer or creative, but also with the human you. So the human part of you, and in Cassandra's case, was the part of her that wanted to be more grounded, that wanted to have more time with family. And so we dive into all of this, and it's just a really beautiful episode. Cassandra's a really beautiful person. And so I'm so excited to get to share her with you here on the podcast. But before we dive in, I need to say the formal reminder that Empaths and Business is closing soon because we start on Monday. And so if you're listening to this when it goes out, you have about three days or so to head to empathsandbusiness.com, read about everything that we're going to cover, and then enroll yourself into the program. If you're over on Instagram, you're going to see this in the next couple of days, but this is the very last time I'm going to be running this program in this format. So it's currently a small group program where you get cozy group support and you get a ton of my personal support for the full six weeks that the course runs and this is the last time it's going to be offered this way because if you've been listening to the podcast over the last couple of months you know that I'm changing and when I'm changing my work's changing and we over here at the Diary of an Empath and with the Empaths and Business program are going through a major up level and so naturally things are going to shift and the way I structure my my program and my work is going to change. So if you want in while the groups are still so small and cozy, then this is your last chance. And when the doors close after we kick off Monday, they won't be reopening in this format. And so with that, let's dive in to today's episode. Cassandra, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey Robin, so I'm an intuitive artist and energy healer based in Auckland, New Zealand. And I really love weaving energy healing into my art and by healing home decor products, I feel like 
I've got this purpose behind my work, which is to encourage a deeper connection within oneself. And for the messages that come through my work to normalize our humanity for all that it is. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the journey into this work? So becoming an artist or seeing yourself as an artist to creating the art that you do. So your products and your paintings and then how you came to weave your energy into it. Like what's been the journey of becoming an energy worker? I want to hear all of it. Well, it's a long story that I'll try to summarize for you. But I actually used to work as a nurse for about a decade. And I had a lot of experiences through motherhood and nursing that I feel like they really changed me as a person. And the more that things would change, the more that it felt like that something had to give. And so as my first son got older and life started to get busier, I decided to change my job. So I started working for a job where I could do all my admin work from home and see my clients out in the field. So that kind of freed some more time and gave me more space for my family and for myself. But I still felt like it wasn't right or it wasn't enough. And I had this deep sense inside of me that there was just something else that I was here to do and I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. So I decided to change again within kind of the same. I quit as an employee and I contracted back to the same company so that I could do less hours so that I'd have even more time. And by the stage, I had another kid and <laughs> life with two was really, really full. And so the more that time would pass again, I just feel like I need to really prioritize my energy and create the life that felt balanced and right for me, you know, so I could give my kids this life where, you know, their mother was present with them and I could build something that I was proud of and that was meaningful to me, connecting with people and helping them make a difference in their lives. And energy healing, I started back in 2017 was when I did my Reiki level one and energy healing. And I say and energy healing because my teacher taught us energy healing as well as Reiki, which was really amazing. Mm. So over the last few years, I have done all my uh, Reiki trainings up to Reiki master teacher level. And it was really interesting um, to notice the way I felt through this journey, because when you do Reiki level two and it allows you to share Reiki with others and it allows you to use Reiki as a healing service and charge for your time and your energy and to provide healing for people and at the stage I instantly noticed that I was really not drawn to the in-person work and I just found myself really called to wanting to do distance all the time and so that's what I would do and I'd keep doing distance and keep gravitating towards it and part of me felt like there was something wrong with me for not wanting to do it in person like the rest of my colleagues or no not colleagues um the rest they are, like, like colleagues like sisters <laughs> type of thing yeah yeah and I just felt like you know am I not meant to be an energy healer or am I not good enough for this or am I not the kind of person that's able to hold a space for others because I prefer to do things through distance 
But then I found that that's really not true because the healings that I had actually preferred and found the most powerful for me were the ones that I had fire distance, where I felt kind of safe in my own environment and, you know, felt like I had the space to kind of process the things that I was moving through that I kind of had this thing that maybe if it was in person, the person who was providing the healing might ask me about all the stuff. And I really kind of wasn't in the space where I felt like I wanted to go go there, you know? Mm. So it just felt right for me. And over time, I found my practice starting to shift as I'd learn more and experience different things with energy healing. And I felt more called to make my practice more intuitive rather than only sticking to these processes that we were taught. I wanted to base my work on that, but flow a little bit more and be more intuitive with my approach. Mm. But at the same time, I was afraid that I would be judged for embracing this more intuitive style, which included channeling messages that I picked up when I was sharing that energy field with another person. But the more that I tried to stick with this processed approach, sticking to the process, I felt like so much resistance within myself. And I found that I wasn't really wanting to do sessions the same way because I felt like I couldn't be myself in my practice. And I think that was a huge trigger for me to be aware of what was happening and realize that it's actually okay to practice in a way that feels right for me and to allow my intuition to have free reign. Mm -hmm. So in the end, I kind of surrendered to this and you know I really believe that when we're drawn to something like healing it's not just because it's this new thing that we've discovered but it's because we've been doing it for lifetimes and so I just really went with that and trusted that you know it's really safe for me now to embrace my own unique expression as an energy healer. I love how you said that you were resistant like resistance as a form of guidance. I often talk a lot about desire as a a form of guidance but on the flip side of it it's also looking and seeing like what am I resisting like what am I not desiring because that's also showing me where I shouldn't go so it can tell me where I need to go so that's a really cool expression of of that concept yeah part of me thought that was a bit selfish of me (laughs) to be honest like to want to want to work from afar but then I kept going back to how much I felt like healing from afar was more helpful to me. So I kind of went with it. And I I tell myself that, you know, everything is for a reason. And if we are drawn to things, it's because that's what we're meant to be drawn to. So I kind of really didn't give myself um, too much of a hard time about that. I, I remember my very first intuitive that I worked with, she was only by email. And I remember Mm -hmm. at the time that was paradigm shifting because I thought help was like an in-person thing or at least on the phone. And I was very much like, how does energy work through email? I don't really get it. But now being years into it, I totally get how energy works through email. (laughs) But at the time, it was very much paradigm shifting for me. So I, I just, yeah, I wanted to add that into this episode that when it comes to your gifts and sharing your gifts, it's so important that you do it how you're supposed to because the people who need you also need you to do it in that way. Like I was only ready to talk to a psychic via email at that time, you know? Yeah. And so then like going on from that last year during the lockdown, I was really 
noticing how much my soul needed support to stay grounded because I was at home. My whole family was at home. The kids were at home and I was doing my nursing work. And I just found that the more energy work that I did, despite doing grounding work after and doing lots of grounding, I was still really finding it so hard to come back to reality, especially um, with the demands as a mother, because when you're doing a lot of energy work, you're so connected in that oneness and this amazing place that Mm. (laughs) sometimes when you come back to reality, it can feel really confronting. And so that was also another thing for me that made me think about my expression as a healer and what I actually needed as a human and as a person to be able to be more present in life because I feel like for me being present is one of the hugest lessons that I'm here to learn Mm -hmm. and so I um, learned a lot of lessons from my son during the lockdown he's just like such an amazing person and he'd always be like come mom let's make some art let's make some books together and he'd be like we can be artists and we can be authors and I was just like uh okay (laughs) because I found that like it was easier to spend time um, engaging in activities with him than trying to do my own thing (laughs) because then he'd kind of be like trying to get my attention and then I'd kind of start feeling annoyed. So I just learned to go with it because lockdown was long and I'm like, we just need to get through this. So we'd go outside and we'd make art every day and he'd be like, mom, let's make a book. And I'd be like, okay, you want to make a book? Let's make a book. So he'd like draw all these pictures and um, he'd do like 10 pictures in one minute and I'd spend like an hour on one picture. And he was like, why do you just take so long to do everything? Just, just do it like this. And he'd like show me and like do these like quick funky things and be like, see, it's like this. And so he kind of put a challenge to me and he's like, mom, you know, tomorrow you have to do 10 pictures and you only get one minute and you're going to turn it into a book. And I was just like, okay. And he was just so excited about it. So excited that I was willing to do his challenge. (laughs) And so, yeah, the next day we did this and um, I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously not going to be able to spend a lot of time on this. I've got to just go with how I feel and that's just what I'm going to do. So we sat there and before we started, I just thought, oh, well, I'll just paint different feelings. So I just did it like exactly how he showed me, like going super fast and not thinking about it. And at the end, he's like, let's show dad. And so we like went inside and he'd done his one as well. He went first and he started holding up his pictures. And for every picture, he started saying a story. And in the end, that kind of made a book. And he's like, mom, it's your turn. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, I don't think this far ahead. So yeah, he's like, and I'm going to record you. And I was like, oh, okay. It just blew me away, that whole experience with him. And and then we just keep painting every day. And we like went and we collected um, different clay from the earth and mixed it with water and like made our own paint. And we like make all these pictures and stuff. And I just started doing so much stuff with my hands and realized how much more grounded I felt. And yeah, just over time and over the year, I just, thought to myself you know like with safe and held this is what I'm meant to do to express myself creatively to express what's inside me and to share my voice through my art and through my work and it's just felt so transformative to kind of really step into that and to kind of claim it and to 
to say the words like I'm an artist and I'm a writer and all these kind of things because I think the more that you do it the more it really becomes your reality and so now when I look at things and I'm like it's actually real you know and it's it's a really amazing thing to feel yeah from my perspective of that story I remember you brought that book to our EIB call and yeah I think it's so beautiful just the the catalyst of that to becoming what you're doing today. Like I look at your website and I look at your clay trays and I remember you saying, oh, we're going to pick up some dirt and clay from the ground. At the time I was like, oh, that's really fun. Like That's really cool. And then to see how that's evolved into these phenomenal products. And I just, I look back at the journey and I'm like, it was a very quick catalyst. I don't know if it felt quick to you. You probably felt like you were on that journey for a while. But just seeing in half a year what's come out of playing. Yeah. Feeling to play. Do you feel that? Yeah, I do. And it did actually feel like a really long time. And every day felt really long, especially last year. Yeah. But now when I look back, I can see how surrendering to the situation and trying to accept the situation as best that I could has really led to so much alignment and growth for me and actually so much of a sense of fulfillment, you know, and mm-hmm. like a sense that I'm finally living my purpose. <laughs> that that feeling of like I, I, I'm living it is, I agree with you, it's like the most fulfilling feeling. Yeah. Do you want to share what your products are, a bit about what you offer? Yeah, so I so I have these concrete healing trays, which is three different sizes, designed to be a bit irregular. So they're irregular in shape and the finish is very raw and natural. And to me, I find it mostly unfinished. So when you look at the plates, there you'll notice that there's some like little air bubbles and some little bumps and ridges. And I actually like after a long journey, figured out how to take these air bubbles out of these plates, but I them back because I feel like concrete is actually quite a porous material from the earth and I actually like these air bubbles there as a reminder to us to accept things as they are and the air bubbles Mm -hmm. to me are symbolic of the parts in us that are hard to embrace or hard to accept. And so by having this healing tray in our presence that rebalances the energy of whatever you put on them and just um, brings positive energy into the space, but that, but also is a reminder to us and, and a support to us toward our own self-acceptance. And I truly love that. And so I also have some healing candles. So at the moment, I've got uh, one for grounding, one for nurturing, and one for uplifting. And so these candles are channeled with Reiki and energy healing um, to bring a healing energy into your space and into your heart. And they're made in the cutest Japanese teacups, which are handmade back in Japan. And I also do art prints. So I do two different styles at the moment. And a lot of the art prints that I make are inspired by my own healing and by my own experiences. And I get a lot of inspiration for these art prints when I'm in my yoga practice, funnily enough. And some words always come through with it, which I find are supportive to the piece or supportive um, to the theme of healing for what the piece was created for. And I also do custom digital 
affirmation prints, which I would work with the person and tune into their energy field and start to draw what support your soul is needing in this moment. And then I do energy healing abstract ink paintings where I tune into your energy field and paint what I feel, sharing channel words, which are often in the form of poetry or prose. Like my favorite of all your prints is the one that says I'm a work in progress and it's like scribbled out and then it's like said again and it's scribbled out. Where did the inspiration come for that one? Yeah, so I was talking with another um, artist here in New Zealand called Megan Jackson and we're just talking about, you know, this journey that we're all on together. And I was reflecting back on my journey and sharing with her how proud I am of myself that I'm finally learning how to speak and share my truths. And I was saying to her that the me so many years ago would have felt so relieved and comforted to find my work and these words and be so inspired that a mom of two kids that kind of struggled with her mind sometimes was able to create something for herself and build something and, you know, share this with the world. And then I said to her, to Megan, that actually, you know, she would have to dig pretty deep to find out that I was a mom or that I struggled with my mind sometimes because I actually don't talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And so part of that was thinking about that and reflecting on that and realizing that, you know, it's okay for things to be a work in progress. It's okay to feel able to share some things and not others. And even the awareness about it is really enough, you know? So that piece is kind of like a support to me that it's really okay, that things take time and there's no need for like any rush to it because it's all such a beautiful work in progress. I just see your art prints and your products. It's all product, but like your clay trays, your candles. I mean, that's incredible that you put energy healing into them. But I just see... I, I, I don't know. I just have this visual of it being on the walls of different healers, different creatives, because it's like you're speaking, you're channeling collective need, like collecting collective healing need and putting it into a print. Talking about the work in progress print, every single healer creative coming up feels this because of the need to be an expert, to be seen as an expert. And the feminine energy knows it's no expert. Like that's a masculine thing. The feminine is like, I'm here now. I'm in this place now. Like come sit with me. I think a lot about in terms of my work, like building a bench, not a platform. And I'm like, that's part of the beauty of admitting that we're works in progress and then admitting to each other that we're works in progress is the the element of like creating that safety piece of like others can know it's safe to be a work in progress when they know that we're comfortable with being a work in progress. That message is so potent. And for me to hear, like it softened me, but I'm just, for every healer, creative who comes across your work, I'm just, all of them, there's so many pieces, but yeah, I just wanted to to share how much, like how much I love that particular piece. Um, Thank you. I think it's incredibly creative how you, channel healing energy into physical products 
Is there anything else you want to add to that? Basically with Reiki and all energy healing, the person that's the healer in quotes is not actually healing. They're just acting as a vessel or a channel for energy to flow through. So in Reiki level two, we are attuned to the distance symbol, which is Hansha Zen Shonen. And so when we invoke this symbol, it allows a Reiki energy to be sent across time and space. And it allows Reiki to be sent to the past and the present and the future for healing. And so when I am working with the trays, I invoke Hansha Zen Shonen with other energy healing too, and other Reiki symbols as well. And I channel the energy through the tray with intention that the person that is coming into contact with uh, the vessel will receive that healing that they're needing in the moment. So it's pretty much the same principle as sending energy healing by distance using crystal grids. I just am using it in this way through these concrete vessels and art that I'm creating. I think it's really cool too because we all have free will as to whether we receive our Reiki or energy healing. And, you know, if you live with people who aren't really into um, Reiki or energy healing or they're not wanting that healing for themselves, the energy actually knows and respects that and it will just flow to the earth instead. So, I mean, it's not like you're intruding on the beliefs of another person, which I think is really cool. I I just love the idea too. Like, people listening to this podcast, they're very sensitive to energetics. And so, so being surrounded by pieces of like home decor that are filled with healing energy, that's a beautiful way to, to start to make a space feel safe to you. I know for me, like environment is a, a key player in how I'm doing and how I feel. And when my environment's mm-hmm. yeah, not <laughs> energetically safe, then it's it's really not a good place for me to be in. So just knowing that there's these tools out there, I, I keep coming back to that piece of art, like the, the work in progress art, like having that energy there. I don't know. I, I'm feeling it very, very deeply, like the work that you do. Because this interview is going to go live during EIB season, and when this is going live, there's like a few days left for people to enroll in the program. What would you say to someone who's thinking about joining? I would say that joining will change your life. And I know that's like a big claim to make, but I truly felt that for myself in so many ways because I have never come across a program that is so perfectly created that it actually meets the needs of someone who's an empath and someone who's highly sensitive and someone that kind of needs time and space to work through things. and. I just found the design of the program and Robin's support, what she intuitively tailors, how she approaches different things in the program. I just found that just so nurturing and so supportive and actually even being able to complete the program. Because a few years ago, I bought Robin's journaling course and I tried doing that and disclaimer I'm not a journaler and I don't (laughs) journal much because there's a lot in my head but I just felt really drawn to it so I bought it like a few years ago and I tried to do it and I just wasn't able to keep up with the journaling so I stopped but this time when I saw EIB I thought you know I'm ready for this and I'm going to commit to myself and do this and (laughs) I just felt like I'd be supported 
in it. And I so was. And it really, one of the things that I really realized in doing EIB was that I can achieve things that seem really big or hard if I work at my own pace and give myself space. And it was just so beautiful to truly feel that, you know, I had my kids at home and I was doing my nursing work and just, you know, all the stuff with being in lockdown was really hard. And Robin's energy just was so nurturing and supportive. And, you know, she just gives you like the whole course isn't there like right from day one. She just gives it to you little by bit, bit by bit, so that you feel able. And that I just thought that was amazing, to be honest. I'm just like so glad I did it. I I love how you spoke to it being accessible for you knowing you need at your own pace and I also want to put here one of my proudest moments of you you know this I I put it in email but (laughs) at the very end of the course it was like one or two days to the end of it and you had shown up every single day and you were doing the work you were coming to the calls and then life kind of went a little chaotic on you and you sent a note to the group and you're like guys shit's going down but I'm, you didn't use those words, but you just said life is chaotic, but I'm going to finish this course. And I just felt this like bull energy, this like bulldozer, like I'm doing it. And you did, you went through and you finished the last modules. And I, I just, I was so proud of you. It It moved so much energy too. And it was amazing as like a role model for other people in your group to be like, she's finishing it. I'm finishing it. Like we can support each other. Yeah. And like, that's one thing that I truly got from um, the course is, you know, realizing how powerful and momentous the energy and sisterhood is. Mm. I mean, like in the course, it was my first time kind of showing myself, (laughs) like, as in like being who I am on video with this group of women I've never met. And it was just such a beautiful experience to kind of go through this journey together. And, you know, like after the course, we've kind of kept in touch and we've formed friendships. And these women are sisters who cheer me on from afar and they truly help me to stay accountable in my own journey and remind me of my worth and, you know, that I deserve my dreams. And it's just something that I haven't felt or found before. I mean, I was someone growing up that I found it really hard to connect with other women and just doing this and, you know, like having this opportunity, it was just so healing to kind of find the sisterhood and support in, in another woman, you know? Did it feel safer showing up because you knew others were doing it too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I remember the day before the first call, I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to turn my video on. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, it's, it's honestly going to be fine. It'll be fine. And it actually was. And it was just so nice. And I really look forward to the calls every week. And the more that time went on, the more that I'd feel like I'd get out of it. And yeah, that's I think that's why we used to continue to stay in touch after ERB because it was just so nice really being in the energy of each other and really supporting one another on our path so yeah so it's really so nice do you remember the day when we were working through the inner child stuff there was a a lesson and your group particularly needed to get out of the the seriousness 
there was such a seriousness <laughs> to your group. And I remember being like, okay, guys, next call, I want you to wear a bright color. Let's just get out of this, this, yeah, seriousness energy. It was so strong. And I, so I was like, next call, we're coming in colors. And you all showed up in colors, but I forgot. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do that was so hilarious and then we did like dancing and like all this like inner child stuff and it was so fun <laughs> it was so fun like I didn't do that with any other group like that was not what I had to come through for other groups but for you guys it was like let's shake this and then I see now <laughs> like how important it was in your work blooming that was happening all around when you were working with your son and making the spontaneous book that you made and I'm just like it all has purpose like in the moment it might be like this is silly like why is she making (laughs) us dance on screen but it was because that energy needed to move and the inner child for your group needed to be seen yeah the inner child stuff was amazing what role do you think the inner child has played in developing your business other than what you've shared with us already but did you have to go back and do a lot of reconnecting with your inner child's belief systems or things you experienced what have you done in that regard well before I did EIB I had already explored a lot of the inner child stuff but it was really good because it really the because the uh, inner child stuff when we were doing that work, it was really, that was the only work we were doing. So it was a lot of focus and a lot of time and intention spent towards it. And I found it um, really powerful and insightful to even reflect back on, you know, like my most amazing memory from when I was a kid. And that was something like we were walking home from kindergarten and I'd pick up these um what are they called like pine from a tree from the Mm. ground and I'd like take it home and use them to make art and I'd remember the colors like green and brown and I used to collect like leaves and stuff and stick it in a scrapbook and just like even exploring things like that and like feelings like how you felt when this and da 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 like I just felt like it was a lot of insight into supporting um with remembering who I am as a person you know and I found there was a lot of stuff that was related to art and creativity and expression but you know we just forget that stuff as you grow up and you know I get busy with life or whatever Mm -hmm. but I think that like a lot of our uh, success in business and in life is dependent on us believing that we are worth it you know and our self-worth so the inner child work and actually learning or like being reminded to do that um, nurturing for what the inner child needs that was really supportive for me because when you look after the inner child you're really holding yourself and looking after yourself and I think when you do that and you're in this good space you remember how much you're worth you know Mm -hmm. and yeah that was just really powerful for me like you as a child, us, me as a child, us as children, we know our worth. We know that we're worthy when we're running and playing in the sun. And we know that we're worthy when we're making a really quick piece of art that our adult selves might look at and be like, that's not good enough. The inner child's like, it's perfect. Like, this is, this is amazing. I'm amazing. And as we grow up, it's, that's 
knocked down a bit and we're told to be serious, to be humble, to, to, to fit into all of these things of what an adult should be. And for some people it happens way earlier. It it happens in childhood where they're taught to be adults. And I think about this year that we're in this five year, it, it is about that Leo energy and the inner child energy and our creative energy and so I, I, I love how you shared on this episode about your son being a piece of guidance for you and helping you to come into that inner child energy because children know. Children <laughs> are so in tune. And I think it's really cool too when you like look back on the, your childhood and the, the moments of your childhood that, were, that stand out to you, like the good moments. You can piece together a lot of what you're supposed to do in the world from those memories. I know on my path, my dad would always say, you could put me in a mud puddle and I'd come out cleaner than when I went in. And it was always <laughs> this thing that he would always say about me. And I'm and like, that's my personality. Like I love to clean things up. I love to make things make sense. And I remember when I was coming into figuring out EIB as a program, I relied on the knowledge of that version of me, that younger child who could go into a mud puddle and come out cleaner to be like, how do I clean up these businesses and, and helping empaths take all these like scattered thoughts and messy thoughts and make them make sense. And so it's like, she had this knowledge for me. And I I saw this reflected in our call too, of your inner child having knowledge for you and your actual child, like your little one having knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. My actual one is amazing because he watches when I make art and, you know, I'm creating all these things and he literally comes when I'm making my concrete plates and he sits in front of me and he's just literally sitting there watching and he'll start clapping and he'll be like, go mom, you're doing amazing. I'm so proud of you. You're doing so good. And he'll like talk to me about you know, like so when are you selling your art when are you doing this have you written your book yet like he just he's just like there yeah. and he doesn't hold wow. back he's just like so amazing and I feel so grateful for him I feel like he's my one of my greatest teachers my heart that like just makes my heart <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay. <laughs> others are interested in this work and seeing what you do where can they find you you can find me on Instagram at Safe and Held, or you can find me on my website at safeandheld.com. Um, so if you would like a custom piece, you can send me a message to the commissioned work page, which is on my site, or you can send me a message. Well, I have really, really loved this conversation. Before we close out, though, I would love to know what's inspiring you right now. So any books or quotes or images? And then what's on your 2021 vision board? So what are you working towards? Well, I was really thinking about, um, you know, what's inspiring me. And to be honest, the thing that's inspiring me the most at the moment is when I see others speaking their truth and sharing their gifts with the world, because I just think it's such a beautiful thing to witness the growth of others and, you know, like watch as their journey unfolds. And it's just, yeah, such such an amazing thing. And it just inspires me so much. And my vision board, well, actually has a lot on it for safe and how, like I've got lots of branding and styling images and cozy welcoming spaces. And I think the um, feeling of peace and balance is really captured through the images that I've got at the moment, which is so nice and exciting for me. So yeah, I'm so excited for this year and like what, what it has to bring for me and for safe and held. 
Are there any colors that are pretty dominant in that vision board? I I feel like nothing that stands out to me in terms of color, but the feeling I get from it when I look at the vision board is it like brings me to these words. I am here. And I think that's, yeah, I just love that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. For well, thank sharing, you for having me. <laughs> sharing your story and giving such an awesome testimonial to EIB. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> 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 I really, really I actually, <laughs> I actually felt like I was doing a testimonial after I turned out. I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, where did where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really Yeah, I honestly really loved it. <laughs> thank you. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I mean, it goes without saying, Cassandra is such a beautiful soul and it is my hope that you love her as much as I love her. You can find her work over at safeandheld.com. Uh, you can also find her on Instagram. She's at safeandheld. When we recorded this episode, she wasn't yet offering her newest offer, which is Soul Betrayals. And by the looks of it, it's amazing. I'm going to get myself one. And so definitely head over, check out her work, support her, tag us, me and her in your stories. If you've been listening, let us know if you enjoyed this episode. And like always, your reviews mean the world. So heading over to iTunes and leaving a few words about how the podcast has affected you, it encourages me to put out more. And if you're not on iTunes and you just want to support the podcast, another thing that I love to see is you sharing it on your stories with your friends and just telling people that this podcast exists. And because we are closing out EIB season, this is a final reminder, although I do plan to come on and do one more episode under that Pisces new moon so you can watch for it. I'm not guaranteeing it because I am focusing my energy into EIB and the students that are enrolling. But if I have the space this weekend, I am going to come on and record an episode. So this might be your last warning, but you may get another one from me this weekend. So this is it. EIB is closing. You can learn more at empathsandbusiness.com. And if you're called, I can't wait to see you inside of the course platform. Thank you.